0: How's it going <laughs> it's good oh no <laughs> i know sorry i have you guys switched around oh wait you're gone what is happening there you are ah uh, there we go you can there it we goes. go hi guys that right. was jeff right. mudgett <laughs> Welcome to Answer of It's a shit show as always. Um, Laura, I, I we are doing part two of your special series on H.H. Holmes. And um, have you
1: ever done a DNA test or any DNA test? You know what's funny is I have one actually sitting in my drawer that I've been meaning to just <laughs> spit in and send, and I sure. have not. <laughs> um, you So you've never had one done before? No, my dad did his, so I mean, I can see, obviously part half i got half
0: done you got
1: half a good job
0: good job um so i've done one and when i did one my whole life um i have been told that my father was a full-blooded cherokee indian so i did my dna test and my mother um she is wholly from england ireland and scotland like she is the whole like all the islands. Right All now. the islands, yes. She is essentially super white. So she had no other countries in her DNA results. So when I got my DNA test back, I found that my Cherokee Indian father was actually not a full-blooded Cherokee Indian. And that was a bit of a surprise to me. I was like, oh, wow. you know. And then when I stopped to think about it, I was like, you know what? That's actually not really that surprising because I think you'd be kind of hard-pressed to find a full-blooded Indian. Native American in this country, Um, just kind of given like the way they were treated and bringing in the slaves, all of that. So Mm -hmm. it it was a little surprising, um, but at the same time, not really. And I think a lot of folks that have had the same experience, you know, where they either through something like a DNA test or a conversation with a family member has revealed a surprising fact about their ancestry and their heritage. Well, tonight, guys, in part two of our series um, on H.H. Holmes, we have what, Laura, I think you and I and everybody listening and watching can all agree is a person that got the shock of a lifetime when he found out that he was a descendant of America's first serial killer. Now, Jeff Mudgett, our wonderful guest, is the great-great-grandson of Herman Webster Mudgett, better known as H.H. Holmes, one of his many aliases. Now, Jeff is the author of Bloodstains, a book about Holmes, and he was a distinguished trial lawyer. He is also the star of American Ripper on the History Channel, which you can now find on Hulu. It's an eight-part series. It is phenomenal. You guys, so good. so good, right? It's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, so the docuseries showcases his search for evidence, proving that H.H. H. Holmes was none other than Jack the Ripper. Now, Laura, you did cover Jack the Ripper in an episode that I believe we aired a little over a year ago correct yes so when we had our Patreon we were doing a true crime series Laura covered Jack the Ripper and um in the end of the episode you talked about the possible suspects right and what did you have like
1: four or five of them I think right the The typical four or five and um yeah. I included E.J. Trumps. you um, did yeah and I was like I the minute did. you said that because that is my favorite <laughs> theory um, I think it's that, the most plausible the one
0: mm-hmm yeah,
1: I think it's very plausible. Um, and, and interesting. Plus, uh, I find H H Holmes fascinating, um, in the way that he was very depraved, obviously. Right. You know, we don't admire him, but it, it, no, it, his tale is, it is so interesting. And the things that he did and he was able to get away with are unqu- like unrivaled, I think. In I think so too. Serial killer lore. So, um, I just, yeah, I'm I'm just fascinated by him all the time. And the more I learn, the more I'm like, what the hell? Yes, <laughs> so yes. It's, yeah, it's like an onion. It, it just gets better the more you peel it back, right? His story right. is just fascinating. Yeah. Me, so, um,
0: it's yeah. amazing. It's really. really amazing. So, ladies and gentlemen, we do have Jeff Mudgett, again, the great-great-grandson of H.H. H. Holmes. Um, and we are going to bring him on here in just one second. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jeff Mudgett. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a big history of a haunting welcome to Jeff Mudgett, who has the distinction, although I don't know as he wants it, uh, of being the great-great-grandson of the man known to be America's very first serial killer. Round of applause for Jeff Mudgett.
2: Thank you for joining us. This well, is thank you very Thank you very much, Karen and Laura. And and that's quite a distinction, distinction, isn't it? To be the great, great grandson of perhaps the most evil man in America's history.
0: I agree. I agree. And we've got so many questions to ask you. Um... And we also invite you to, you know, tell us anything that you want to tell us. Like if you, we ask you some questions that you don't want to answer, by all means, let us know. We don't. It's totally fine. Um, but we do. We would like to take a deep dive with you into your um, research and your investigation. Um, of course, the show American Ripper that you did with Amaryllis Fox. Um And where you're at now, because that show, I think that was five years ago, 2017, I think that that aired on the History Channel. So we've got lots of catching up we'd like to do with you if you if you're willing.
2: No, that's great. And that's why I wrote wrote the revision to Bloodstains, Bloodstains Redux, because there's at least 10, 12, 15 years more material that I came up with. And, you know, it's uh, going on shows like yours, Laura and Carrie, Mm -hmm. it's great because. I'm putting aside search for um, history and the truth regarding my ancestor mm-hmm. because you know I think I think I gave it my best shot. Mm-hmm. I was uh, practically obsessed about it and to where it was hard to sleep some nights and now I'm putting him away. I've given the world my best shot and if that's not good enough for people out there, except for like great shows like yours, then I'm then I'm all right with it. I you know, I did I did my best and and it, it's quite unfortunate because I know what the truth is. I yeah. know what I saw and I know what I could prove in a court of law if I had to take it back to law how I practiced in California. So You know, that's, these shows are fun to do for me now. I love your questions and give me whatever you want and I'll give you the best response I can. Okay, wonderful. All right, Laura, take it away. Well, do you want to start off and just
1: let um, our listeners know how, um, we know that you found out they were related to homes um, via a DNA test, but will you give them the kind of, background on that, like how it happened, how you felt, um, and then what kind of got you started on researching into him and and just in looking into him being with the Ripper.
2: Actually, my you know, as I wrote in the book, my grandmother was on our ancestral background, and that was her hobby. And she was convinced we were related to Civil War generals. And uh, when the professionals came back, Laura, with their conclusions, and I and I captured this in the book. They pretty much told her, uh, "Ma'am, um, this isn't a good hobby to have. You want to go somewhere else because the answer here was terrible." Right. And and my grandmother, the way. She, the, the way my mother was she insisted they they answer her questions she paid a lot of money and uh, one night at dinner she came clean with the entire family and my grandfather who if you think about it would have been h.h H. holmes's grandson right oh, god and um, Close. my grand i'll never I'll never forget grandfather, who was a strange man, but very successful in business. And uh, he was a big shot at uh, working for California in the gas and electric company. And but I'll never forget him sitting there listening to Grandma describe the truth and this horror that we'd come from. The secret he had kept from the entire family, including her. And I I remember going back and forth looking at him, um wondering, you know, I had that, that that question in in my head that I think all human beings would have had. Would my grandmother have married this man had she known the truth?
0: That's a fair question. That's a that fair is question. A
2: very, very
0: question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I can see, especially you know, when it's it just you know, two generations removed, why you wouldn't talk about it. You know, now it's far enough away that it's kind of lore, almost. You know, it's it's um, a little bit more distant. You know, and now it's yeah, it's like fact versus fiction versus you know. But back then, it you know, it's still pretty fresh.
2: Well, I'm the only one in my family that. Uh, was uh, excited about the project (laughs) and uh, when we went to the judge to get permission to exhume the grave I had to go get consent from all the family members one of them could have said no and the History Channel project would have been over and I I got them all to do it but they let me all know Laura they weren't happy about what was happening Uh, yeah I can believe that I can believe that
1: I are think... they are they pretty okay with uh, the Ripper series? Um, did they watch it? Do they? What do they think? Are they? Do they believe he was the Ripper? Do they, you know, think it's they just don't like it at all? Or have you gotten any any feedback from the from your relatives?
2: It's a great that's a great question and I've never been asked before and I'll tell you and your listeners all the truth here tonight. Uh, my mother and father are the only one that have backed me up at all, and my and my wife. Mm-hmm. But all my family, um, even my brothers, uh, my brothers' kids and grandkids, I haven't heard one, one comment, one response, one, one up or down regarding the History Channel American River. Wow.
0: You know, on the one hand I I'm shocked to hear that, but on the other hand <clears throat> I understand. You know, I, I, putting myself in your position, your wife's, your children, your your parents, but then also like your other family members who are obviously also, you know, descendant from HH H. Holmes. Um and I I I think that's so brave of you really um to to pursue this because i feel like um through your book through the show i and what's been written independently of you of Holmes potentially being jack the ripper i genuinely think that you are onto something with that Um, so I, I think it's, it's really brave because I don't think a lot of folks would have, um, been willing to not only put themselves out there to, to have this conversation, number one of who he was, just him alone, but who he potentially could have been as well. Um, and, and risk that kind of relationship with your family, your extended family, um, so I I I'm just wow.
1: I think that's just I think to that's, uncover the truth. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I think it's yeah very brave of you. For sure. Yeah. So would you mind um, I've kind summarizing? Of been like that
2: throughout my life, and all right, go ahead.
1: Oh no, that's okay. I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: But um, oh, I was
1: just going to ask. Now, I've always you...
2: been like that throughout my life, and so has my father. My father was an investigator for. Me airplane crashes and uh, you know a mystery was something he would just he would die for you know Uh, excuse the pun but um (laughs) we both and that's where i was best at at in the legal side uh, when there was a mystery regarding uh, machinery or forensic science yeah and i could see that I could see that there was obviously something wrong with American history regarding h h Holmes yeah. that mm-hmm. many authors had had the story wrong for a long time you know you could you could hear hints from the FBI you could hear hints from Scotland Yard you could hear hints from this the the, uh, the Supreme Court regarding how handwriting was to be used in this type of and type of issue. So I, I knew it was something that, you know, should have interested me from the start, and it did. And, and then I was able to collect the interest of, you know, and I'll be the first to mention here on your show, the people like History Channel who, who American Ripper, the first, I'll tell you what, the first seven episodes when we were in London, uh, Trying to put together Holmes being in London and as Jack the Ripper, the actor they picked and the job he did doing the recreations. Incredible stuff. Really? Now, that last Mm. episode when we were doing the exhibition was, that was left a lot to be desired and Mm. that, that, that was a different story. But history is to be commended. They spent a lot of money on this show. No other network would have done it. And I'm so proud of them that they agreed. To, to back me up, spend their money, and go off on this. What could have been if we just had a couple breaks. Yeah, Maybe the greatest solving of a true crime mystery in the history of the world. I could not agree more. <laughs> I
0: I am on board with this. I believe, I believe that Holmes is Jack the Ripper. I really do. And when Laura first covered Jack the Ripper and she talked about like the five main suspects and she was like, H.H. H. Holmes. And I had known who he was and I was like, oh, come on. And then she like listed out all the reasons and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, hang on. Yeah. And,
1: <laughs> and I then told I- her, I said, go watch this series mm-hmm. because um, it's fascinating and it really yeah. makes a great case for Holmes being jack the ripper it really Um, does yeah would you mind laying out the the kind of beginning evidence that like got you down this trail so it's one thing to know that H.H. Holmes is your ancestor okay you know and you maybe want to look more into him and find the true story I could see that but what kind of pointed you in the in the direction of um you know like hey look at this like this kind of leads me you know to looking at him being jack the ripper what was it that kind of pushed that your investigation in that direction
2: well my investigation that's a great question laura my investigation started off with uh, the murder castle Mm -hmm. and the devil in the white city yeah that's a great book. devil in the white city my great-great-grandfather. Think about that. The, the conscious decisions that he had made were why I was here talking with you today. And um, so I, I, I went off on an incredible investigation into that, visiting the post office there, talking the post office into letting me going down into the basement, which had been sealed for years and years because people thought it was haunted. Just, mm-hmm. just things like that, and you know, I started getting interest from television people, from paranormal people, a lot of paranormal people, <laughs> um, you know. And I telling them the story, guys, gals, this, this, that basement, that post office. If we did this right, that could be where the paranormal world actually proves. something that needs to be shown the entire world something it's something down there so i was off on that tangent and uh, that was my that was my that was my concentration and i was approached by a couple of fellows who had spent a lot of years of their life putting together the theory about holmes having authored the dear boss letter the most famous of the Jack the Ripper letters. For the sure. The one where he actually sticks the Catherine murder Ed- murder to lose her ear with the knife. Yeah. And <clears throat> no, no, I had the, the standard response everybody does, right? No, no, you guys are just looking to sell a book. A <laughs> right. sale, or, yeah, that was me. Then, <laughs> <you> <laughs> That's a positive response for most people. And uh, other ones, terrible names, you should hear. But the, you know, they started showing me their evidence where um, they'd had the handwriting compared by experts that uh, they'd uh, actually had uh, um, forensic scientists agreeing that it was too close, too close just to be a coincidence. But I knew having, you know, work forensic science law and I knew how the Supreme Court has said you need much much more than an expert opinion for us to have ever bought something like that. I uncovered some uh, work that in an, an uh, university up in the uh, up in Buffalo the University of Buffalo was doing with some incredible science scientists actually working for the FBI, Scotland Yard, the CIA about putting a computer program together to compare handwriting for the purposes of finding guilt in criminal law okay mm-hmm. like dna like fingerprints, like photographs and when you think of it it's a very powerful piece of evidence if done right so i contacted them and they agreed to help me with it we took the dear boss letter as as original as I could find it, obviously the British weren't going to give me the original. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I took some correspondence. (laughs) Yeah, I took some original Holmes correspondence that I had from the family to them. And they ran those separate samples through their computer system, comparing that handwriting. And lo and behold, I mean, lo and behold, it came back over ninety-six percent similar. I was shocked. I was shocked, and I was thinking, "Wait, wait, wait! This, this can't, this can't, this can't be just another co- a Holmes coincidence." Because, you know, as you as you spend years investigating this terrible criminal, Carrie, the, the coincidence coincidences just you overflow everything yes. you do. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Pretty, soon you start, pretty soon you start realizing this cagey little devil these weren't coincidences he was involved in these things yeah a thousand One or
1: two okay coincidence but then you know it starts to when there starts to be more and more and more it's like okay this this just can't all happen to be this way i mean to me that's kind of what pushed me over the edge with the with the docu docuseries series too, yeah, because the yeah. handwriting the handwriting in and of itself is is compelling, but it's yeah, like you said, it's not foolproof, right? But right, it's it compelling. Well, yeah. well, and I, I think the well, right there. I'm sorry, I just need a ten minute for the. I got it. Yeah, kids walking out, so I don't want to interrupt. Sorry, we'll sorry. pause. Not a problem.
2: Right, <laughs> Here we had the chance with actual direct forensic science evidence. To prove the greatest true crime mystery of all time. Yes. Yeah. And it was like handed to me, handed to me like Christmas, you know, a present. And um, but then Laura and Carrie I started seeing what was involved. The entire world, it seemed, got madder and matter and matter about this 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 california kid was uh, trying to sell a book thinking he could prove jack the ripper and they were going to do anything they could to shut it down i i i can see that but see
1: it,
0: yeah but at the same time like I, and like i had said earlier when laura was covering jack the ripper and she ended the episode with The Suspects. And she mentioned H.H. Holmes. I was like, wait, what? No, that's ridiculous. But then she like pointed out the this very compelling, albeit circumstantial evidence. I, it made me pause. And then she was like, you have to watch American Ripper. Seriously. So I'm like, okay. So I watched it and as every episode went by, I'm like, there actually may be something legitimate here, and I think what did it for me was the moment where you guys had the um, the British um, the the linguistics of the letters analyzed, where they were saying that like at the time. Um, it, it, the letter read something like right away, where at the time in, in that time in England, they would say straight away where there was a lot of like American English vernacular in these letters. And I thought
1: that's, that's really, really compelling. And and that's something the American slant on it for a long time. I think that's pretty much been accepted um, that he was most likely American for quite a while now, I think in, in yeah. a, you know, yeah. it's starting to become like that part is starting to become accepted. Um, that based on that letter and we all everyone seems to also believe that that is a legit letter. Um, it doesn't really get challenged anymore too much, uh, too mainstream, but yeah, that with the vernacular, like what you were saying that, yeah, they've, they've established that he most likely was American. Yeah. Um, which, right there, okay, so that's, that, that's weird in and of itself, right? Just that, yes. that, that, <laughs> the, the greatest um, crimes in England you know were perpetrated so by I'll, I'll, never forget
2: really? the, I'll never forget the two gentlemen you're talking about, the British linguists telling uh-huh. Amaryllis and I. listen, we can tell this was an intelligent American trying to sound unintelligent or, or um, uneducated English because English don't write like this never yeah. did yeah and, right. and um, they, they said the, 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 the kicker was just the title alone dear boss that was a total Chicago or New York or mm-hmm. Philadelphia slang yeah and and when and then when what got me in trouble Lauren Carey with the History Channel, and those historians there was, when I kept insisting to them, listen, you know, we've got a problem here, the whole world has a problem. It's never been able to tie those five murders together. Yeah. Can we Can we not just stick with Dear Boss and Catherine Eddowes? Can we not prove Holmes was the author of Jack the Ripper? And leave it there for Scotland Yard to take it further. Leave it there for FBI to take it further. Because I was dealing with both those people over the Deer Foss and Jack the Ripper. Oh God! And and you know, and and they were and they were giving me uh, tips and they were telling me the way I was should go. I should have gone. And I, the whole time, Laura, I just kept thinking, well, Why don't you guys take this now? Here's a right. here's a letter. That your scientists say the scientists at the University of Buffalo instead they came out ninety-seven percent similar, all right? But instead of saying it was a direct match, they got nervous. They actually refused to come on the show. Oh okay. really? They said it was They said it was remarkably similar. Which okay, I've seen defense counsel use toned words down like that when they're arguing a trial, harder trials. Right? but but and you could tell they were very nervous about how the world was going to take this and that. Oh yeah, were it proven wrong, their whole careers would be over. Their whole theory, their whole their whole computer systems would be thrown out the window. Sure, I mean that's how big Jack the River was. So yeah. you know, and, uh, and so I kept, I kept trying to get the, the show to go with me on. And and it's funny, I'll tell your your listeners an interesting uh, story that happened while we were filming. It was the fifth or sixth episode, I think. We were uh, in in downtown London, staying at a seven star hotel. The History Channel treated me like a king. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, I they'd all go down planning for the next show's production, and I go up at the bar. I mean, it was it was just it was great, and um, I'd love to do it again. But um, one night I was there having a sales and they were down in the, the next day's shoot because you know that production is hard work, and and the of production was a good a good. Company looking for this to be their break into the A's, into into so much in all of their careers. They sure. really were, yeah. And you know they were used to make they were used to making documentaries on uh, diets and uh, home construction things. <laughs> like that. So this was their run. Oh, yeah. so oh man, oh man! I
0: bet they were all about this.
2: <laughs> so I was up in the. Yeah, I was up at the bar having a couple cocktails and these two young gentlemen approached me in suits and ties oh 28, 29 maybe uh, well well groomed professional and uh, they introduced themselves as this and this and they uh, asked me if I was Mr. Mudgett from the uh, production American Ripper and and, uh, they said we just want you to know that for decades now, Scotland Yard has realized that uh, there was a copycat involved. It was never one man in five murders, but that we disagree with your theory that it was H.H. H. Holmes, and they turned around and walked away. And, you know, I was just kind of left there with my mouth hanging open, uh, asking for another drink. And, and uh, but I, I knew that 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 what we'd opened up and that possibility somebody like I mean here we had BBC doing composite drawings that looked exactly like the Holmes mugshot when he was arrested yes I mean uncannily I like, mean it looked just like, like a him. copy mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and we have and we have uh witnesses talking about a, a, a well-dressed Man with his hat and mustache and about five nine five ten all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then and then you know and then they're talking about you know the, the the murders not and I knew those five murders would never hang together in a trial a court of law. Right, they would have indicted the man. On, they would have indicted the man on on much like they did Holmes back in the states. They indicted him on one murder, one murder, and then that was yeah. enough for them to get. It was enough for them to get their hanging, right? Right, right. So the so I I knew that's what they would have done. So, and then you know I had the FBI come to me and say, you know, the mistake you made, Jeff, was you should have never given those scientists the whole Dear Boss letter. You shouldn't have let them know that's what you were dealing with. You should have taken a sample from that letter and then had them compare that with the Holmes correspondence had they not known what we were talking about here he said we're convinced they would have come back with a quote unquote direct match and, right. and so I was thinking you know, how close we were to all this but then then like I said earlier Laura and Gary that the world didn't really want that true crime mystery solved I don't think
0: I and I, I have to ask why that is like not not specifically like I think either one of you have that answer but As a collective, is it just something that's just more fascinating that we don't know who Jack the Ripper is? Um, Or is it, is that, is that what it is? Because I think that's kind of stupid and
1: kind of gross. Like it is, but I think that it's, they, everybody likes that. We don't know. It's just this person that came out of the shadows and, you know, did these things and then disappeared. But we all know that that's not how serial killers work. They don't yeah. just kill and then go away. Yeah. So, and I think um, it, the speculation on the copycat with the five conical, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, um, with the five murders is the double event. Somebody thinks that the double event was not actually him, that the first one was somebody else, and then the second one was him, right? Is that well, for, could you refresh it, well, my I have heard that. I don't mean obviously we don't know, but Can uh, you
0: refresh my memory what was the double event? And for well, our listeners, the double
2: what was the double event? As long as, you, as long as you both take take take, you know, care. I don't know a lot about the other four murders. I spent most of my time studying the the murder associated with this letter, because that's the only piece of direct evidence the world is ever going to have okay okay no, and, right, I, right. and i knew that yeah me, and it was... with the quote jack and then the last murder Laura the Mary Kelly murder was so different from the other four you know, and and the, and and that area had murders in it. It's much like someone trying to say because there's six murders on Sunday night in Chicago, there must have been a serial killer killing all six. No, True. no, that yeah. that's not going to go. And and then and then the one that always bothered me too, Carrie, was the Caponeito's murder was reportedly one done one hour before the Elizabeth Stride murder. Right, who they never proved was done by the same man they assumed it was because Mm -hmm. she had had her neck cut with a knife Mm -hmm. laid down. It was assumed he was interrupted by witnesses or uh, law enforcement. He ran across town, gathered his win, and then went about the murder he had wanted to commit in the first place, that methodical... Anatomical removing organs thing with Catherine Eddowes, right? And I, I just thought that was a big stretch for crime to have taken, and you know, it was always it was always something everybody kind of shrugged their shoulders and and, uh, blinked at, yeah. And um, but then then we got into that that part of American Ripper about Jeff wants to say. There's, there was only this one involved with H.H. H. H. Holmes, his great-great-grandfather, and that Holmes had been there on business. He had been watching the newspaper accounts of, of the serial killings going on. He yeah. had grown fascinated with the whole thing, and he juiced it up a little bit, and then he would got on a ship and gone home, and it stopped. <laughs> You know, I which think, a lot of people find hard. To, a lot of people find hard to believe that's British too. I agree. You
0: know? I'm I'm one of those people. I really. That was the other thing, aside from the the um, linguistics analysis. It was the 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 ship passenger manifests that. Yeah. And the paper trail in Chicago that just stopped and then started again. However many months it was it? Like ten months later. Uh, and the the, the ship manifests of people who left Liverpool around the time that the Ripper murders ended, that were using aliases that H. H Holmes was known to use. Now, one, okay, maybe coincidence, sure, but there were multiple aliases on these manifests, if I remember correctly. Is that, is that
2: right? Yeah, and and to tell you the truth, to be honest with your label to prove, he uh, boarded a ship in New York, he rode across the Atlantic, um, landed in London, and then was in London while the Ripper was uh, being committed, okay? I was never able to prove that. I was looking forward to that for many years. Couldn't do it what we you know the only thing and you and like you said every, every passenger back then before they had the information and social media like we have now it was very difficult for them to, to determine if someone was using an alias on a passenger for sure manifesto and and we couldn't do it we yeah. couldn't do it and we didn't have any photographs of him on a ship we didn't have any photographs of him in london and I had to repeatedly admit that to, you know, to the, those those ones that, you know, were deniers. That no, I, could, I had never proven that. But right. what we did prove was that had those scientists been correct had those expert the earlier experts been correct saying the handwriting was the same had the three of us when we look at that those documents and see that it's obviously the same i mean an amateur can see that i mean yes. it would have been easy convincing a jury of that in a murder trial it would have been easy Yes. Every every, every jury member there would have said you can see it's the same and the when you know what we did prove was that plus and laura you've probably already seen this when you get involved in the dates involved in the dear boss letter when it was written when it was given to scotland yard and the london police Mm -hmm. when they handed it over to the british media who published it okay and and when Catherine eddowes was murdered she was found that same night she was murdered When you put those dates together, Laura, it would have been impossible for the author of Dear Boss to have been anywhere else but in the U.K. or in England at the time. There's no way an H.H. Holmes could have written that letter in New York City. No. He couldn't have done it. Impossible. Yeah. So all of a sudden you got to a piece of evidence that takes care of all those things that everyone kept demanding, I find. Right, you it places him there because he has to be there. To. I don't think we do. I think that letter, if you carefully look at the date and you look at the physical impossibility back then, there were no airplanes flying correspond right. There were no fax <laughs> letters back then. There none of those things. And his signature, He that, that the author of that letter that murdered Catherine Eddowes, that cut her left ear off, was in England, yeah. probably London. And all, and all of a sudden, you have an amazing piece of evidence that as a criminal trial lawyer, I would have loved to have walked into any court of law with. Right. It would have made your job so can you easy. <laughs> an, can, you an, can, you an, can you imagine putting an FBI agent up on a witness stand, Terry, and cross-examining him, Asking him, well, how could anybody else have written that letter? Yeah. Yeah. There was no answer. There, There is no answer.
0: There is no answer. Is no answer. Um, I, I find in us talking with you, I find that I'm really disappointed mm-hmm. that it sounds like you've, have you stopped trying to prove it? Or have you just been like, I know what is true. I know he was the ripper. I believe this. And if no, if I can't prove it to anybody else, that's okay. Or are you still working to prove it? Because I find Thank like you. If, you, if you've stopped Scary working money. to prove it, I would be so that's sad. That's a great question.
2: No, oh, it's a great question. And I'm very close to saying, listen, I've done enough. I've given the world that. And, and I'll tell you another thing, Laura. When we when we, ins- when we, inspected the post office, went down to the basement, and I read about this in my book if you want to see it. We pull out in one of his hidden uh, escape caves that they left there, the brick caves. We pull out and find a, a scalpel says made in London. I mean, you know, those little things. Now, does that prove he was in London? No. No. But that's the kind of thing that I just say, you know, the world has seen a lot about this. And yeah. if the FBI, if Scotland Yard, if, if the History Channel wanted to take a second closer look at it, just using those dates alone and the, poss- and the impossibility that it was anyone else, then I've given them enough, and they don't have to use me. And it's not—it's not. They don't have to buy that from me. that's public knowledge. Yeah, it's owned by the world. Yeah,
1: huh. yeah. It's again. I think it's 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 pretty compelling. I do. Um, too, I'm here for it. I, I. What do you think of the DNA found, you know, a few years ago on the shawl that they matched it to uh, Kozminski? Kozminski. I'm gonna mess up his name. Yeah, Kazminski. I think they called him a couple different things. Do you like? Do, and he was young, like a schizophrenic. Um, was this the Polish guy that was in the mental hospital? Uh, okay. Do you think he's just um, like a copycat, or he just happened to be there? Or yeah, what are your thoughts you know, on he that? He could have been. He could have been. Uh, uh, see, to me, that doesn't say anything. Like, he could have been a customer.
2: Okay, um, I'll tell you. Um, you can see I'm having trouble getting my camera centered on this computer, but anyway, the uh, I, I'll I'll tell you both and your listeners I'm not a Jack the Ripper expert. Okay, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm yeah. not a. Uh, I I I studied the Dear Boss letter and my great great grandfather's the probability that he was the author of that letter and the murder of Catherine Edwards. That's yeah. what I consider myself an expert. And okay. the other stuff, it goes off on so many tangents. I don't, I don't it know. Does. But I can tell you this, Laura, having dealt with DNA when we, when we exhumed the body, mm-hmm. and they, and they used DNA and the material we dug up, and how much they messed that up, the scientists that were said to be the best in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't give much cre- I don't give much credence for DNA evidence anymore. I really don't. uh, that's fair i I would i I, you know a current day murder investigation involving dna it's probably a powerful weapon you know for forensics but it's nothing 104 years old that uh the scientists at the university of michigan a university of pennsylvania told me uh, had degraded and wasn't uh, effective anymore and then I go on another show 2 weeks later that history broadcast Laura and they're talking about the incredibly accurate DNA they took from dinosaur bones you know and I'm like <laughs> you know I don't I don't know where to go with DNA to tell you the truth I know
0: yeah. it's it's a very it's a very yeah and DNA is a very um uh, okay in depth and difficult thing to um explain. Like on the surface level, it it's it's very basic, right? Like ancestry DNA, we're gonna these there's the markers. But when you go to school to learn about it, or even if you um it, I was a juror on a death penalty murder trial, and they had a oh. DNA expert Um, on the stand and he was explaining the, the DNA evidence very, um, in, in very medical terms, it had all of us on the jury, just like trying to stay awake. It's, it's exceptionally difficult. (laughs) It really, it truly is. But, and there's so many like, um, opportunities for a misfire, I guess is is what I want to say. Right. Yes, exactly. Like, I believe, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the DNA on that shawl from Catherine Eddowes, one, it was never proven she was
1: wearing it that night, was it? Right. Right. You no. Know, and like I was saying, he could have been, a, even if she was, he could have been a customer earlier. Yes. You know, exactly. Even, or any, there's so many different possibilities. And plus, we're talking about something that's, you know, been
0: in for five years, <laughs> years. yes <laughs>
1: right.
0: well i mean in, in like or the custody. family
1: actually it wasn't it was in people people sold it right like so like a family kind of
0: had off. it yeah oh, yeah i mean it could have been any number of like places before they had it framed or whatever before jeff you found it um so dna is very um it it, it, it can be degraded over time i don't think that Dinosaur DNA is any stronger than human DNA. I really do. I really do believe that um, the DNA on that shawl is still as strong and legitimate um, as it would have been if, if DNA analysis had existed back in the 1800s. But um, there's, there's just too many. I was really, I got to admit, Jeff, I was really crushed when they came back and they said, it doesn't match you. I was like, oh, I was so sure it did. I'm like, so I can't even imagine how you felt in that moment, let alone allowing a camera to record that moment. Um, because I genuinely was like, it's gonna match. It's gonna match. Watch, 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 watch. So it was such. That was really great television, and I know that um, it was very difficult for you to put yourself out there like that. But. Um, to me, that that series, the the way that you and Amaryllis investigated, and the way they presented how you investigated, to for as far as I'm concerned, I believe A. J. Holmes was the Ripper,
2: or at least,
1: yeah,
2: involved. Well, thank you very very <laughs> much. I'll, uh, I'll thank you very, very much. The next time Scully, that's what I call her. The next time I talk to Scully, I'll tell her you said that. She, uh, do you, uh, t- t- just to go off on tangent a little bit, you'll get a kick out of this. Do you know where she's at right now? No way. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the guy running for president's daughter-in-law. Yes, I, that
0: oh, wow. I did know. I did know that she was um, married to one of his children. Yeah, I, um, mm-hmm. I love the dynamic between the two of you. I really love, and it kind of, Honestly, it reminded me of Laura and I, frankly, because Laura is the skeptic on this show. I am a full believer in the paranormal. I've had paranormal experiences yeah. and, um, and, and Laura's like, okay, that sounds compelling, but what if it's this, that, or the other thing? And I was watching the dynamic between the two of you on the show and I thought she's freaking Laura. Yeah. But, but then I watched as she became more invested as the episodes went on because the things that you guys were finding was so compelling to her. Um, it's, I'm glad to know that you guys are still in contact. I think that's, I think that's really great. What is, what does she think after the show? And it's been five years since the show. Does she, what
2: are, what are her thoughts on it? Do you know? You know, I, I, we, she and I don't get into it too much. We get, I have a kick, kick uh, plan for about, um, uh, there was a part of the production that obviously wasn't uh, included on the show, but the, uh, when the body was exhumed and it had been uh, articulated and, and was down at the uh, lab at the University of Pennsylvania, and they were trying to uh, the two scientists there were trying to identify it as HH Holmes beyond yeah. the order of the court. Amorilis and I, uh, we kind of snuck around the corner um, from <laughs> where everyone was having their little coffee, getting ready for the next shine of bones, and and the camera crew were, were thinking about their next shoot. And you know, and they were all very talented people. Great, the director was I still admire him. And uh, uh, he wasn't in that last episode. So, but Amory uh, and I snuck around the corner We went to look at the body laying there on the uh, scaffolding, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And think of Loris, okay? And you and you're you're I, and we're walking down to see the body, and we both stop up short seeing the body, and I smacked her in the arm, and she goes. God, man, that's a monkey, and, and I'll never forget that because she was she was very she was a skeptic like Laura, but she was very honest with facts. Yeah, and she could tell that with him. You see, it was immediate in him, and uh, but that wasn't a part of the show. So. Wow, really? That's interesting. That is interesting.
1: I really like that. Um, I. I... So have you, um, after the show ended, I mean, well, well we've watched it. Um, a bunch. you have a lot of <laughs> We've watched have it you, a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Have you, um, like, you know, found any more leads or any other interesting things that um, that kind of support the case for him being uh, in London at that time or, you know, being involved in the murder of Catherine Eddowes?
2: No, uh, other than in all these years, Laura, no expert, no scientist, no forensic, uh, you know, uh, prosecutor, no no uh, district attorney, no FBI agent, no Scotland Yard um, investigator has contacted me to say I was full of baloney. Oh, um, that's true. None was- None whatsoever, you know, and we told them what was obviously going on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I was would of thought that would have happened in the years since. Um, we uh, we never did find any positive evidence, a photograph, a video of him of Holmes in London. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and there were no there were no positive eyewitnesses of Jack the Ripper himself to tell you the truth. True, there weren't. Yeah, so. Was, no, in that uh, area too. Was, um, to t- and, but then, Laura, the way the way uh, television documentaries and history works now, even if we found a photograph that looked like Holmes, like the BBC's drawing did, mm-hmm. yeah, would have been they would have found some reason why it wasn't wasn't him. They would have. That's kind of the way it works now. Yeah. And rather than than saying, "Wow." There's a great shot here. We got to look deeper into that evidence. We got to take a second, harder look. And um, I'm convinced that if the scientists wanted to, and if they were capable of Laura, they could take that same evidence I gave them. They still have it. And they could try to prove it wasn't the same man. But you know what? We did have instead, Laura, about, oh, about six months ago. Mm -mm. I had a very famous numerologist with me. And he said, uh, he said, Jeff, do you know what the odds are? We were looking at this, my colleagues and I, Mm -hmm. of of H.H. Holmes and Jack the Ripper on opposite sides of the Atlantic at the same time of the 19th century. These two infamous killers having that remarkably similar handwriting would be, he said, we're talking about Hubble telescope numbers. Mm -hmm.
1: infinitesimal.
2: First all, he said, yeah. the odds of that are higher than if it was the same man that wrote it. And I walked away from that meeting thinking, you know, that's another piece of evidence, Laura, that I'd never get anywhere in a court of law. I would never get anywhere on a no. television show. I'm just me between the eyes because, think yeah. about that, the odds of those two infamous killers having the same handwriting. And not being right. the same man.
1: No, that, you make a great point. Because yes.
2: that is
1: so unlikely.
0: It is it <laughs> the like you like, said, the odds are infinitesimal. Like that there's mm-hmm. just you can um you, you can you can replicate a person's look, right? You can wear the bowler hat, you can maybe be the same height, you can have the same mustache, you can have the same right. like imitate the same gait, the same walk, but you cannot replicate fingerprints. You cannot replicate writing style, handwriting. These are all things that are specific and unique to every individual. So, I mean, Jeff, I gotta, I gotta ask if, what if, you were actually successful in proving that Holmes was the Ripper. What to the would general you, public. To right? the general public, or even maybe Scotland Yard or the FBI. You know what I mean? Like, what if they were like, you know what? We believe H.H. H. Holmes, Herman Webster Mudgett was Jack the Ripper. What would your feeling be at being proven right in your... Belief and to prove that he was Jack the Ripper. Well, what would your emotion or reaction be to that?
2: No, wonderful question. It's not anything. I would not be proud of having, you know, proven that the case. I would be proud of having taken something that billions in the world have considered one time or another in their life. Yeah. Over two or three hundred, 250 years now. And no one's ever come up with a plausible explanation. And to have been the one that proved that the case would be something to be, I would be proud of. But as far as having him been my ancestor, no. And I doubt many of my family would be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And the you know, Hollywood guys would run with the story. Yeah. And they they come up with a, a sinister movie that the world could watch, and you know, it, so it's um it's uh it's a, it's a great question. It doesn't have a great answer. Uh-huh. Um, it wouldn't have been a lot of money for me. I mean, Hollywood wouldn't have to pay me for that. That's owned by the world, right? And yeah. it's not so that's not what it was all about. But it, it, uh, and then it's. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That 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 that's kind of where I've been my whole life, wanting to investigate those types of mysteries. Yeah, I was always uh, uh, the 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 mystery about who was buried in that grave that we exhumed that last episode is far bigger than Jack the Ripper, if you ask me.
0: I agree, that's, and I think it was that, a lot. We, have- I loved that that last episode yeah. because I think it was so bizarre his request because you guys got to that like you dug down and then you got to that bottom part and you were like there's nothing here and then you dug further and i'm like who does that who requests that and also who is allowed to have those requests granted that's a murderer and is being hung for i thought that was so fascinating that that was like where you ended up fi- I I just thought that was so bizarre that he was allowed to have this
2: odd burial, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's where I, I quickly saw that. I just, I think, uh, I think differently than a lot of people We're we're digging away. Right. And, uh, um, see now, I know if you, Carrie and you, Laura, had been there with me, I know exactly where your thoughts would have been on this. <laughs> For sure, when we when we were when we, when we were digging, and we came on which no one had told us about that we knew there were two graves there, but we didn't know that there was a fake coffin in the one full of this clay-like molding material. It was so crazy, and 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 i'm there and i'm jumping up and down and thinking wait a minute we've just discovered something incredible this this con man perhaps the most successful fraud in american history who made mm-hmm. a living making life insurance company pay him benefits after substituting corp- corpses and falsifying dental records to prove identity that's what he did for a living yes he did mm-hmm. all of us we dig, we dig over to the next and go down two feet deeper and we find the concrete tomb of legend and lore. yes and i'm sitting there thinking i'm sitting there thinking come on wait 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 <laughs> let's slow down let's slow down we gotta find out what that a coffin was all about. That was about some substitution of a corpse. That was there was something there to this fraud, and they all threw back at me, "No, that was a hoax. That was his way of getting a grave robber to stop if they dug up the the wrong coffin." And I'm thinking, but that would only work if we had found it on top of the concrete, not to the side in another grave. Yes. And 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 those are the kind of things, Laura that I was just oh, the, I my mind was running circles on I the possibilities what had gone on with this and they and they didn't want they didn't want to accept how genius evil this man was that this was oh, a different was. kind of human being. Yeah he was different. Mm-hmm. And and this this these two graves, this fake coffin, this concrete this body that, you know, I can't and I'm waiting for another TV channel one day after shows like yours to give me a chance to take a second look at that body we exhumed because I think I can prove it wasn't him. Really? With the evidence I have in my hmm. and, I like that idea. So the, uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, really well, do. The, the DNA wasn't match. The DNA did not match mine. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know where History Channel got off with that. With that on the show, huh? That's and, interesting. Uh, it, it was, that was just a whole uh, anyway. But um, I'm convinced that if I ever got another chance with shows like yours, having someone listen out there that has the ability to maybe influence someone with that with that capability, I'd love to be able to go back on to show that this was perhaps the most in. I don't know. It's hard work. It's a hard word to you don't want to say incredible because that gives it a positive uh, aspect. True. The most unbelievable is escape, escape from justice and substitution of another body in place for him where he could. My family, I'll tell you this, and you can both throw this out on your show. It's fine. Three or four members of my family think Holmes lived out his life in California. My father, really? because he knows where he went. Wow! We've got a picture of my grandfather and his brother standing over a grave outside of Los Angeles. And you know, yeah, yeah, there's no way a judge is ever going to give us permission to do another exhumation on Holes again after those right. That, right. that exclamation about that being made. But the, you know they still think that, and it's um, it, hmm. it's it's just that. Is a much more fascinating story than Jack the Ripper.
0: I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that maybe, and you both have have talked a a, a lot about the the collective world's mindset, right? On Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper is this infamous um, kind of boogeyman now, right? Mm-hmm. Um London has multiple nightly tours of of Whitechapel, of Jack the Rippers killing. This is where they found this one. This is where they found that one. This is, you know, like London almost, um, I don't want to say celebrates it, but they certainly capitalize on the murders of this man. Um, they also capitalize on the reported paranormal aspects of that whole area. And... Uh, I think that that the world at large, as far as the mindset, wants to keep Jack the Ripper as a mystery. So that certainly Mm -hmm. speaks to the um, pushback, the, uh, you know, uh, ignoring that you've received, Jeff, when from some of these, you know, Scotland Yard, the FBI, people on social media, whatever, they, I think, the world at large would rather not know the identity of jack the ripper they're perfectly content with it
1: and people i don't think give the ripper as much credit as he's due for being um a very efficient killer yeah and also and that's why i also think it would be h.h holmes he was very efficient, <laughs> he was very good at what right. he did. Yeah, he was very skilled. Um, and he was very skilled with the knife. We know this, right? Mm-hmm. All of that, all of these things that you we know, right? For fact, we know, right? It's it in all the police reports, so well. yes, for sure. And kind of to what Jeff was saying like, if there's anybody that could get away with getting out of the gallows. I mean, I think. It to do it. <laughs> I but think man, so too. Like, I mean, scarily brilliant. Um What he put it towards is obviously terrible, but I mean, yeah. what he had quite the mind. You got to realize, like, when just just putting together the 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 murder castle, what they call it now, like he had to have all these plans and all this stuff in in his head, and then yeah. he would divide which. You know, people did what and all the contract, you know, all well, and all, stuff, the, was cons all the, he- and the cons that yes! he had to be charming and, you know, and very um, quick on his feet. I mean, just even that, I know we don't have, didn't have the, you know, the um, photos and, you know, all the stuff we have now that can place people wherever, but, you know, until, you know, this isn't a true thing, but I mean, wow, like he is, was prolific. Yes. he really was um, he really was yeah in his in his crime <laughs> crime spree yeah but uh, it, it wasn't even a crime spree it was really just how he lived his life pretty much that
0: was just yeah everybody was just like collateral damage or whatever it was mm-hmm. there was nobody which actually jeff i have a question so are okay. you the descendant so he married a woman i was her i believe was her name clara clara okay are you the descendant of their children is that is that because did he have children he had mar he'd married a couple of people but i don't know if he had children with anybody but his very first wife
2: they had a son named richard who had a son named bertram who was my grandfather
0: Oh okay okay so you are the the great great his... Another
2: man. okay she went and married another man, but you know that, and, and that's one of the other parts of the story, Laura, that I find so fascinating with the with the women and, and the, the way they dealt with him, knowing what he was. That this 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 man, this woman, Clara, while he was waiting at Moyamensing Prison to be either executed or escape, however you want mm-hmm. to put it, the uh, she visited him three times making separate trips back to Chicago and immediately back to his prison cell. Really? And anybody with any knowledge of Holmes knows what she was doing, and that was giving him the assets to pull off this escape and this substitution, separate graves, other coffins, all of these things. Such weird stuff. And then he arranged and then he arranged for a biography that Hearst Corporation paid him seven thousand dollars for before mm-hmm. the so-called, which no one knows where that money went. You know, no one, none of the family. And um, interesting, it was just, and you see those artist depictions of him, Laura, sitting in his prison cell writing. Mm-hmm. Oh and right. He's dressed like he he's dressed like he's going out to formal uh, a Friday. And his, yeah. his other boots are hanging on <laughs> on the prison belts and his ties and I'm thinking, Wait a minute, wait a minute, what what was going on here? Going on? And then and then the thing that I find, one of those Holmes coincidences Carrie, that uh Mean nothing. Couldn't be proven for anything. Probably not. But that I find fascinating. Um, you know, two months after the execution and supposed burial, the superintendent at Moyamensing Prison blew his mm. brains out in his in his office at the prison. And you you almost know there had to be someone helping Holmes through this whole thing. He couldn't have done it by himself. He couldn't, he
0: couldn't have. have lifted
2: the concrete. Oh.
0: Mm-hmm. no he couldn't have and he yeah. was such a good con man that it it's not surprising yeah. that he would be able to get somebody on the inside there at the prison to assist him in this because what was i'm sorry you guys i um what was the name of the guy that was one of his last murders who had a wife they were, they were gonna mm-hmm. like get a life insurance policy out on the... I can't remember the guy's name.
2: Yeah, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It's the it's the one he was indicted for murder for. Right. Yes. The one he and actually then got caught on. Then he, I then, he murdered, mean they, then he murdered the two daughters and the son. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes. As well. Um,
1: mm-hmm. So...
2: Uh, I can't remember the name I right I can't
0: now. remember either. I And I just watched the episode right. about this guy last night. Um... But it, it, he's he's that suave. He was that charming to... This man clearly knew what he was doing way back when he had his murder castle and the World's Fair and he was doing all the. This guy was like his right-hand guy. And he was like, oh, you want to take a life insurance policy out on me? And then we're going to pretend I'm dead? Great, sure, that sounds like a perfect idea. I completely trust you. <laughs> and then... So
2: Holmes was just a silver-tongued devil. So it doesn't about, surprise me. Think about, him using, think about him using the one little daughter to identify her father's decomposed corpse. Yes. So the life insurance company would pay on the policy. Yes. Think about that. Yes. And then, exactly. and then she disappeared. And then she disappears. Exactly. Right. I'm telling you, I. I and then she's not there. She's not there to testify at the murder trial. Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, the H.H. Holmes is like onion. Just, it's there's layers and layers so and layers, layers, layers. Of, of, of interesting coincidences, or, you know, fact versus fiction kind of mysteries, all kind of off shooting off of him. Like, it, uh, yeah, I, I, I do find him just totally fascinating utterly fascinating um, yeah D- Jeff do you um, do you believe in um, the paranormal or any of that do you have any experiences <laughs> you that
2: you would like was, to share you, you know I, to, I'm not. glad I'm glad you asked that because uh, I was afraid to get into that when I first started writing the book and then the revision lately because mm-hmm. I knew it would there would be some in the true crime world the Jack the Ripper world, and then my trying to prove that it wasn't him in the burial those those some of those people would be set off by it but when when we first uh Laura when we first uh inspected were given permission to go down into the basement of the post office where the murder castle was originally built they the One of the strangest things of the whole home story that I can't get anyone to jump in with me on is how in the world could our department of post office, the post office department, how in the world could they have purchased the old murder castle? with the land it sat on, tore it down, actually built down into portions of the basement where some of those murders were committed without investigating any of the evidence, and then built a United States Post Office on top. I I still have problems with that one. Um, I don't know why they did that, but um, when we first went to if you ever, if you ever, there's still bus tours to the post office as far as the murder castle is concerned. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I've looked be, into them. <laughs> Let's be careful because the, the grounds there are so dangerous in America. It's it's a very dangerous area of Chicago, maybe yeah. the most dangerous. So when when we when my friend Kim and I, my best friend from uh, college basketball days, we went, um, we went to the post office. We, Kim was, everyone there was African American working there. And uh, Kim was African American. And I, and uh, Kim talked the superintendent there into allowing us into the basement because of who I was. Sure, mm-hmm. and it had been bar- it had been barricaded off the door. Oh, and the custodian hadn't been down there in years. So when he when he removed the boxes, all the employees were watching what's going down into. And I'm on your question, Laura, about the paranormal.
1: No, no, no! I believe you. I'm, 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 I'm I'm investing. Story. Keep there's going. Story. I'm like, go on. I'm like, Why would they even yeah. close off the basement? The postal system out yeah. it's need a, to a federal it building. Make sense. I know. Yeah.
2: It's a post office. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't want to go down there, and for obvious, you know. We, sure. So, and there's, and we're going through the spider webs, going down the dusty staircase around the corner. And it's dark and. And we get, in this 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 hallway goes for 200 feet, and it's everything out of a Stephen King book and a and a uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie. Okay, everything.
0: Oh God, say less. Let's go tomorrow.
2: <laughs> I'm I'll be I'll be in Chicago tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> well, they they wouldn't let the History Channel go back down there. Really, no when cameras, we no nothing. No. no. Really? But that, the History Channel didn't ask right. They didn't let me go in there and ask for, for us yeah. because of who I was. And when we went down there, it was musty and dirty and rats and spiders and the whole thing. And when I first went down those steps, Laura, and I hope your, your listeners will give me a, a break on this, I didn't, I thought all you paranormals were pretty goofy. <laughs> fair. We've got, we, yeah, we've fair. gotten that a lot. It's fair. <laughs> I didn't believe in any of the other world paranormal. We died. Well, in about an hour down there, I had my first epileptic seizure. Oh. Now, the doctors still don't know why I developed uh, that, that condition. Wow. wow and that that seizure put me in a realm off by my side where it wasn't voices it wasn't visions i can't go off and say i'm going to be on one of the ghost hunters shows with that kind of stuff but it was a feeling an energy a presence that i that I, I i would swear on a stack of bibles and and when i came back up after we had inspected that that basement. I was a believer. I knew that there was something, something else. I didn't know, I didn't think the paranormal world had been defining it properly yet. It was more of a, it was more of a, it was more of a, I don't think they're ever going to see a ghost running across the closet, but they're going to develop Presences, you know, and energies, and uh, right. and maybe in another type realm or zone, something like that. But um, and then Laura, when I went back when we were digging up the grave uh, in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. we had it's really? The night. production crew was tired. They put their cameras away. They they put a plant of, uh, uh, a tarp over the, the graves the bodies were still in it and we were all going back to the hotel for dinner and, and I'd seen them dri- drive off and I'd snuck back around the trees. If you go on my Blood Saints page, you'll see some of those pictures of those graves. Yeah. And you, I snuck back under the, uh, tarp. Um, it was getting dark and I, you know, and i and i instantly had another one of those the seizure that i'd had down in the basement and felt those same presence and energy uh so uh, i'm a believer that there is something there i don't know if the paranormal world has defined it properly yet and i think it's just out there waiting for somebody to do it right yeah i i have a question
0: laura sorry i'm sorry laura i have a question for you Jeff um, when you had that very first seizure down in the basement of the post office um, it, it, did it feel like Holmes or did it feel like
2: one of his victims because down in the post the one in the post office basement, Terry, felt like Holmes. The one down in the grave did not.
0: Well, mm-hmm. okay.
1: Well, and that would have been one of another one of his victims, right? If it's not yeah, him. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Right.
1: Um. So I
0: don't, Lori. <clears throat> I know you know where I'm <laughs> I'm going with this. Um Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't. You do. Uh, I don't um, really uh, (sighs) announce it. Not really announce it, but I don't really like boast about it or really talk about it a whole lot on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am an evidential medium, and what that basically means is that I have the knowledge, the abilities, or psychic, whatever you want to call them, um, in a a way that allows me to provide evidence um, of something that that happened in the past, something that happened in, you know, what have you. Um, When you were talking to me, or talking to the listeners, rather, about your seizure in the basement. And I asked, that. that's why I asked you, who. what did that seizure feel like? Um, that was what I'm getting for sure, H.H. H. Holmes. When you had the seizure in the grave, that was definitely a victim. That's why I was asking you, what did those seizures feel like? And so my mother has a form of epilepsy and so, and it's called petite mall seizures is what she has, where she sort of blacks out. They're not like this kind of seizures that most people think of when they hear epilepsy, like the shaking on the ground. My mother has very different seizures. And what I got was you had a petite mall seizure. In both locations, where you just sort of blacked out, not necessarily shaking on the ground, Um, that might not be right. You might, maybe, you did have a grand mal seizure, Um, but what I'm getting is that H.H. Holmes was the was your first seizure, and you're getting close. That's what I'm getting. It may not make any sense to you, but that's.
2: Being... It does and I'm glad, I'm glad you, you, you brought this up because you're the first that's ever and I've always kind of wondered about how people would take what you know I'm trying to share with them. But I'll, I'll tell you this, the reason I know, I did not see a face, I did not hear a voice that I knew was Holmes. Yeah. What I knew was the presence, the, the energy down there wanted me to hurt my friend Kim. Yeah. It, it wanted me to hurt my best friend.
0: Yeah, it and, it it,
2: and it wasn't the, great. The one, in the grave, one in the grave. The one in the grave wanted to tell me thank you. Yeah. Almost a desperation. What we, what yeah, almost a desperation. Yeah. Um, you're getting
0: close. Uh that's what I'm getting. And um it, like I said, I just get what I get, and I can tell you what I'm getting. And if it makes sense to you, great. It doesn't make any kind of sense to me. <laughs> but um down there in the basement of that post office that's that's him he's he's down there um
1: is it yeah yeah it's too bad you can't get nobody can get access to to go back to the to the scary very creepy sounding basement Mm -hmm. but you know what i mean I, i will say it sounds terrifying but also i'm would absolutely love to go
0: down well and i have a question though way, you know? right yeah That's i have true. a yeah. like i have a question is that if basement
2: we convinced, if we convinced them we were going to do it right i write i write about this in bloodstains redux there was mm-hmm. a, one of my anesthesiologists and one of my uh, neurologists um both were fascinated with what I was telling them about the seizures, you know, and and that 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 they epilepsy wasn't supposed to come on at forty and you've never had it before in your life. It's no, it's not. It's supposed to be something you know you've lived with, and and Carrie, you're exactly right. I have a lot of petite malls, but I've had two grand malls, and I've woken up in the back of an ambulance, and we have him back. We have him back. All that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know where I was gone, and yeah. then um. and then in the hospital days, but. The uh, I'm convinced if we if we if we went and I was and if Kim and I were able to go in and tell talk to the the post office people about doing it right about filming it professionally and about trying to prove something that the world might be fascinated with seeing something or feeling something about. Yeah, we might we might get them to allow us to do it again.
0: I, I mean, I think that would be amazing. I think, um, is the basement in the post office? Is that the same
2: basement of the hotel or it's just, No. No, no, it's not, there's about a two foot, there's about a two or three foot overlap.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: It's
0: just like, it doesn't actually need to be though, because it, the people that died in that building and were tossed down into that basement for Holmes to do what he did, they're still there it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't
1: it it doesn't need to be the same the bad juju energy yeah i mean it's just there I mean, there's uh, a lot of bad juju that happened in there right and like i said so in the beginning if there's anywhere that's gonna have bad juju energy i think that that area would probably be pretty high on my list
0: right exactly and
2: like i said and i'll tell you now and you and your list I don't know how many. I, I, get, I get people that want to fight with me about he killed 14 or he killed 21 or he killed... I, I don't know how many he killed. Yeah. All I know that when you review, Laura, the, the, the murder trial he went through, when you review that 14 months that the DA, DA had the indictments over and that's what the trial was about, 14 months, he killed, killed an entire... Family with two year fourteen-year-old girls and an eight-year-old boy uh-huh. cut up into pieces. Yeah, and I'm like, what, what? How many? How many do you have to prove he killed on other years of his life? I don't know. I don't know. But I know in that murder castle there were some. Oh yeah, and and that murder and the, castle is famous. Never had, the Chicago police never identified the victims down there. They never did. But that's because during that murder castle, when it was in operation, that hotel. You had the World's Fair going two miles down the road. Yeah. And there were literally millions from around the world visiting that fair.
0: Yeah.
2: And Chicago police admitted that they lost 20, 30, 40 people that they never found.
0: Yes. 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 I just listened to a podcast about this. There was just too much. They were not prepared for the volume of people in the city at the time. And Holmes knew that. The Holmes counted on that. It. Yeah, he counted on that—that that the police would be spread too thin. There'd be way too many people. Also, brothels were a big deal in Chicago at the time. So, uh, I really want to investigate that basement in the <laughs> post office. Yeah,
2: unfortunately, I really, yeah, I really he's a do. Character in America. History, there's no doubt about it and it's uh for sure. it's um that that i gotta tell you that if we ever get a chance to do a second look at that exhumation with the i'll tell you this you know when they closed the show off and history put and you got to give them credit all right yeah. i try to give them credit every show i go on they they were told how much that exhumation was going to cost Right, it's uh, and not we, cheap. As we were digging, the walls were caving in all around, and they had to bring in these engineers to shore sure. up. And then we have a concrete block worth thousands of pounds, weighing thousands of pounds, and and the and the and the DNA and all this and it and they spent a fortune, you know, those poor people. And and the show didn't get as many viewers as they thought it was going to have. And so you know, you got to give them credit because no other network would have given me would have backed me up and given sure. me the chance to have that examination. Yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have been but uh, so they wanted out of it. and then and then laura think about this think about this if if we had come back on, on that show if they had let me and we had shown where and i and i tried to prove it for the show that it wasn't him. The evidence proved it wasn't him. What would history have had to have done then? With the wrong man. A substituted corpse. What, what, would, the Chicago, what would the Philadelphia police have had to have done? What would the Commonwealth of Philadelphia have had to have done? Oh my what would God. Have had to have yes. I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. But there would have yeah. had to have been a serious investigation into who that body was.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely. And then what? What? And then where and he ended up? Like where did he go?
1: <laughs> like where did when AJ terms end up? Like yeah. I feel like if that
0: were the case, and it wasn't him in that grave, and he did disappear, like finding him then would have been ex- exceptionally difficult. I
1: don't. Oh, I don't. Man, I don't know as we cold. would have. Yeah, As far as being a killer, too, he wasn't, it doesn't seem, well, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like he was, he seemed very rational in a lot of the stuff that he did. But also, if he got out of there, um, he could, like, well, because the police never caught him, right? It was the insurance company, so he could have gone on doing the same scheme across the country, and nobody would have caught him right because shave the mustache change day. the yeah. hat like he right. could have yeah. he was such a chameleon and mm-hmm. so charming he had like four wives right yeah i feel like he could have he could have left and and you know and moved around and and done pretty I, much he yeah. wanted. i think like so too shit good. laura you and i could be his
0: ancestors i mean we don't know <laughs>
2: <laughs> you gotta send my kid in i tell uh, you what know if if ever the history was unveiled and and honestly true i think what we we'd find Gary, was that he did not kill 200 people yeah no that 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 was way out legend and lore below him for sure um we don't we don't know how many he killed but we know that it was in 12 13 14 and a number and with mm. children involved And that the crimes he committed, the crimes that he committed were some of the worst in American history and, and deserve and deserve a second look to see how this man was capable of of committing them and getting them successfully. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have thought that was, would have been the case. Yeah, for sure. And it was a very cagey, it was a very cagey devil that was premeditated playing chess ahead with each con, with each fraud, with each crime. Yeah, and uh, he was very good at You know where he got in trouble, Laura? He got in trouble. His big mouth got him in trouble a couple of times. Oh he, yeah, he had a he oh, had a big right. or, uh, He talked too much. when that's sometimes right. when he was arrested for another. And uh, and his ego got him in trouble.
0: As it always will.
2: Your ego will always fuck you over in the end. It really will. Yeah, for sure. That's where where the insurance company got over that, over that, the the comments he was making in that St. Louis jail cell. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. fellow that went uh, whistleblower, that went whistleblower for everybody. Yeah. On what Holmes had said. And And that's what they used to get him. Yeah.
0: So, Jeff, we have a question from a viewer. We have let everybody know that we were going to be interviewing you. We have a question from a viewer. Her name is Donna Annan, And Donna would like to know, um, do you feel like any of the victims have tried to reach out to or communicate with you?
2: Oh, boy. I've, uh, Don, I've never been asked that, but, uh, you're right on the money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Really? Really? Yeah. yeah I, because when, I when feel like the, you stir yeah. some stuff when up.
2: When one of the seizures. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's, uh, there's a, there's a recent book I read, Laura, about, uh, about homes. And, uh, I had never realized this before. But Holmes, when he was younger, actually experienced grand mal seizures too. Really? Oh wow! And those he talked about losing track of time and place, and coming back not knowing where he'd been for a couple of days. And and what a what a terrible thought to conceive, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Where where what was he doing? What was he doing at that time? This yeah. evil man. No.
0: Have you ever, um, seizures aside, either in your dreams or just, have you ever had what's known as a visitation dream? Do you know what those are? No. So visitation dreams essentially are where the spirits of the dead, they can be loved ones, they can be anybody, visits you in your dream state. And... Visitation dreams are very different from the average dream in that you know that you're dreaming and you know that you're speaking to somebody that has died, Um, but you know that it's them, that it's real. A couple of indications that um, dreaming of somebody that has died are that they don't, when you are talking with them they don't move their mouths. And the reason for that is because they're communicating with you telepathically, because when you die, you're pure energy, right? So when they're visiting you in your dream, they don't need to vocalize. They don't need that physical, um, the physicality of speech because they're just energy. So you can have a conversation with somebody in your dream, but it's just telepathically. Have you ever experienced anything like that, either from him or from loved ones that you you have lost or maybe his victims? Have you ever experienced anything like that regarding, unfortunately, your great-great-grandfather? Yes. Have you? Would you yeah. be willing to tell us about it or just... If you want to just leave it at yes, that's you know, absolutely uh,
2: fine. Can we, uh, you you mentioned, I would, I would, I'd be happy to tell you and your listeners about it. I, if it's something that helps other people. And um, you mentioned that we might put two of these shows together and then you'd uh, put a, put the, and then put that out. I'm getting a little bit tired, ladies, right now. And uh, can no, we I come back for the second one and pick that up?
0: Yeah, absolutely. we absolutely yeah.
1: can. We absolutely can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a yeah, it's such a a pleasure. Appreciate your uh, yes. time and effort and energy. And I know with the tech issues, it's always a little bit of a pain. <laughs> yeah, sure. but yeah, this was um, yeah, illuminating and and a lot of fun for me.
2: Thank uh, you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, you no, know, I got to tell you both. Um, I've uh, done scores of these podcasts over the years. And this was perhaps my favorite.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. That's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, we're super excited. Yeah, let's continue this. Um, we will, we're will. we going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I think we left it on a really great teaser, actually. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. So <clears throat> we are going to be back with the mm. next part of our interview with Jeff. And... Um, And, uh, yeah, Jeff, thank you so much for being on part one and we're super grateful that you want to go ahead and continue this. We have a lot of different questions to ask you with regard to the paranormal side of this. Um, and thank you so much for being so forthcoming and answering all of our nosy questions. (laughs) For sure, nosy questions. Um, but yeah, to that end, um, we are going to end this episode, guys. We will be back with the next segment, uh, our part two interview with Jeff Mudgett, um, the great-great-grandson of H.H. Holmes. But more than that, you guys, this is an individual who uh, is a distinguished trial lawyer and somebody who genuinely is fighting to... Prove what he believes in, and I think that that deserves all of the attention in the world. So we will be back next week with the conclusion of our interview with Jeff Mudgett. To that and Laura, as we always say here on History of a Haunting, stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you so much, Jeff. We will see you next week.
2: Good night, ladies.